Hey everybody, my name is Kobe Warner, this is Koblizzy, and this episode is late. Um, this episode was supposed to come out on Monday, that's when I usually post my um, new episodes, but I just didn't. <laughs> and I'm actually workshopping some ideas about this co- podcast, maybe posting on a different day, but I don't have any like definite decisions yet, so I'll talk about it later. But like, yeah, I'm posting late. Um, I don't really know what's going on, so I have nothing to tell you. Um, I'm just kind of posting uh, <laughs> when they're done at this point, I guess. Um, but anyway, so this episode, or this topic rather, is uh, kind of a doozy a little bit. But uh, I want to talk about it through an anecdote. I guess I need to talk about the song of the week first. Let me talk about the song of the week. Um <laughs> Georgia by Maury, um, whom is somebody that I know from college, the artist. And this is her third single. She put out Johnny, then she put out Apartment, which is my personal favorite. And then she put out Georgia. The thing about Georgia is that she's not like a Georgia native or anything. I met her at Boston at school. I'm from Georgia. I live in Atlanta. And so this song is about somebody one of her exes or somebody that she dated who is from Atlanta, lived in Georgia, and that is a part of the song. Um, she talks about like leaving Atlanta, flying away, being however many miles in the sky. Um, talks about how Atlanta's... Pre- anyway, it just hits really close to home because like I interpret it a little bit differently maybe than she wrote it because I live here. And she um, was talking about it as like a time capsule of an experience being here and um how it haunted her kind of um the memories and the feelings and so it's I interpret that differently because it kind of haunts me in a different way when you live in it (laughs) um but yeah I don't need to get super deep but I just interpret it differently um which is fine everybody interprets music how they do but that song is gorgeous and there's strings and orchestration and it's just like bitch you ate (laughs) So, yeah, I really love Georgia by Maury, and that is my song of the week, and I totally recommend that you check it out. Maury is M-O-R-I, Georgia's Georgia. And um, while you're there on whatever streaming platform you're streaming Georgia on, listen to her other songs, especially Apartment. Banger. (laughs) Banger. So good. I saw Maura, I saw Maury at a party um, when I was at in, when I was at Boston a couple of weeks ago or in a, a month ago, whenever it was, I don't remember. And I said, "You literally have it all. You are the full package. You are hot. You are gorgeous. You are talented, and you are sad." <laughs> because she makes this the best sad songs. I have a, a playlist on Spotify, like on my personal Spotify profile, called "Ouch!" Exclamation point and. The caption is, or the description is, sad is my favorite genre. And it's true. I love sad music. And something about Mora, I mean, something about Maury, excuse me. Her artist's name is Maury. Um, She's just a bad bitch. Um, And she makes fantastic sad music. So, yeah, anyway, check out Mora. Check out Maury. Damn. (laughs) She's like Hannah Montana. Best of both worlds. Um, So the topic at hand today is wild. And so I'm going to use an anecdote to kind of segue into it. But listen up, folks. 
So I love reality TV. If you are no stranger to this podcast, that is no stranger to your ears, that statement. I love reality TV. I watch lots of reality television shows. I've been watching reality TV for a long time. Back in middle school, I'd watch like Dance Moms and the Braxton Family Values, Tamar and Vince. That was kind of my zhuzh. I also liked talk shows like (laughs) Ellen back in the day and The Real with Tamar and Tamara and Lonnie and Jeannie Mai and Adrian Bailon and um, Bailon. Anyway, so what was my point? Oh, reality TV. So yeah, and then as I've gotten older, I transitioned into Drag Race and The Real Housewives, like more mature reality TV shows. And so one of my newer housewife favorites is The, House, the Real Housewives of Potomac which is in Maryland. Um, I think it's like kind of outside Baltimore. It's not far away. Some of the ladies live there, live in Baltimore um, on Potomac. Some ladies live in Virginia near DC. Oh, it's near DC. Potomac's near DC and then Maryland, like Baltimore's not far away from DC. So that's, I think how it works. Um, Anyway, so I'm caught up and I watched, this isn't really going to be about The Real Housewives, so I'm going to just give you the situation at hand that happened on The Real Housewives so I, I can tell you how it's going to transition us into our topic for today. One of my favorite housewives, her name is Candace, and she has a very sharp tongue, and people refer to her as what a wordsmith. A wordsmith is a person who is very good with words, very clever with words, and when they say something, they get their point across. She doesn't flop very often and when she comes for you she usually hits her mark okay and so I mean she said some crazy shit over the years um not all of it I would defend but most of it I can understand I can understand where Candace is coming from but that's not what we're talking about what we're talking about is what happened on the reunion and in turn kind of something that happened on the most recent season so there was a plot line where one, two of the ladies, two fair-skinned women, one lady is a light-skinned woman named Giselle, and the other is a mixed black and white girl named Ashley, who is obviously also light-skinned. Well, not obviously, but she is also light-skinned. Um, so it's two light-skinned women. At the beginning of the season, they immediately start, Candace is a dark-skinned woman, and she's married to a white man named Chris. So Candace is dark-skinned. Um, she's gorgeous, chocolate, beautiful woman, married to a bald white man named Chris, who I love also. He's hilarious. And so then you have the two white skin, uh, not white skin, light skin ladies, Giselle and Ashley, right, that I mentioned. So Giselle and Ashley at the beginning of the season accuse Candace's husband, Chris, of like coming on to them in a way. So Ashley says that Chris sent her a uh, I don't know, innocuous DM. I don't know what word she used, but she was trying to paint the picture that he was trying to step out on his wife. She was like, who are you at? He, he said, you should have come to so-and-so. And she was like, who are you at the so-and-so with? Not your wife. Um, that's what Ashley said. And then Giselle co-opted what Ashley was saying. And she was like, well, last season... Chris asked me to speak, asked to speak to me on the side. And when he was talking to me in my hotel room and we were alone, I felt uncomfortable. So he needs to apologize for what he did to me. And he didn't actually do anything. We eventually find out he didn't do anything at all. He was just speaking to her and she felt uncomfortable, which is valid. Her feelings, Giselle's feelings are valid that she felt uncomfortable, but 
the semantics of her saying that Chris did something versus she felt that he was making her uncomfortable is different because he didn't actually do anything but speak to her. He didn't touch her, standing far away from her. She, uh, she said a couple of minutes after they were talking, she asked him to leave and see what was going on, and he left immediately. So he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. But she waited until the next season started filming to bring it up on the cameras like Chris was some sort of sneaky link. Giselle's words, not anybody else's. And so this is obviously very upsetting to Candace, whose husband this is. And so that's kind of the backstory for me to talk about now the reunion. So in part three of the reunion that aired on Sunday um, the 6th, and then it was on Peacock yesterday. No, no, no. Sunday the 5th was on Peacock yesterday, Monday the 6th. Um, Chris comes out in part three, and he finally, with Candace, um, and he finally gets to like defend himself. And in this part, Candace gets very, 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 very worked up. And she basically says that Giselle, first of all, she said Giselle was a gutter snipe ass bitch, which is a great read. <laughs> gutter snipe means like a, like a, 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 what's a gutter snipe? I swear, Candace is the kind of wordsmith that makes you bust out the dictionary. A scruffy and badly behaved child who spends most of their time on the street. That's a gutter snipe, <laughs> uh, according to Google. So she called her gutter snipe, which is hilarious. And then um, just basically she she told Giselle in a very inflammatory way at first that she was a white skin, white looking ass bitch or white skin looking ass bitch or something. And that's why she um, she's priv she feels privileged and emboldened enough to um, to make such wild uh claims about Chris that really are playing with the semantics of the situation in an effort to make him look bad. She's saying that Giselle is of the privilege to be able to do that because when darker skinned women do the same thing, she might not be taken seriously. And she was completely dismissed immediately. Candace was because she said that Giselle was white looking, which offended all the lady because all the ladies, basically half the cast, basically every person on the cast, except for Candace and Wendy, are light-skinned black women, light-skinned people. And so there's been issues with colorism on the show. There's been conversations about colorism on this show. There was even a segment about colorism in this reunion. It wasn't in part three. It was in part one or two. And maybe part two. I don't really remember exactly, though, one of the parts, but it wasn't three. And so then when Candace says this, because she was the one spearheading the conversation about colorism towards dark-skinned women a couple of episodes ago, then immediately they turned around on her and they were like, oh, you can say that Giselle no, it doesn't apply to you. It doesn't, the colorism conversation doesn't apply to you. And they were gaslighting her because she, I understand they were finished. She said Giselle was white looking, but what Candace said stands. I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years ago when Kiki Palmer came out about what she felt Trey Songs had um, sexually intimidated her. I mean, nobody, everybody's making fun of her. Trey Songs was on The Breakfast Club making fun of her with Charlemagne and Angela and all those people. Like, I saw the video on Twitter the other night. People really did not take Kiki Palmer seriously. And Trey Songs was even, like, feeding into that. And in, in he was kind of, like, going back and forth. You'd have to watch the video. It was gross. But I was like... We have 
that example in recent history where a dark-skinned woman has tried to come out against somebody else and they have been completely dismissed. And it's because I think we have a history of not listening to black women. Um, and this it goes issue than not it's it's an issue that goes farther than not just listening to black people. Yes, we have an issue of not listening to black people historically, but black women specifically are uber uber ignored in a lot of different ways and so what candace was saying is that giselle and her proximity to whiteness is one of the phrases that candace used um it has a privilege and because of how i think because of it was her saying it and because of how she was saying it the ladies were looking for any reason to discredit her point but i saw a tweet online that said basically like whenever Whenever Candace makes a good point, the ladies on the show resort to tone pleasing. At Echo Does Radio says every single time Candace makes a valid point, they always resort to tone policing. And it's true. Candace has a point. And so the, uh, uh, the I am not <laughs> the face of... I should not be the face to of the colorism movement. Like, I'm not trying to proclaim that I should really even be having a big voice in this conversation. The only reason I feel compelled to speak out is because I mentioned there are two dark-skinned women on the show, Candace and Wendy, two extremely successful, uh, decorated, achieved, educated women. Candace with a music career, Wendy's a political commentator and a professor, Candace is a pageant queen, she, hold, she held, holds a title, held a title in the past. I mean, working women, Candace uh, has a remix out with Trina, like she's really capitalizing on her housewife's fame, she's bought her own house, she has uh, 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 money and investments and a bunch of businesses, like they're really working, accomplished ladies. Um, and besides those two dark-skinned women, every other black woman on this cast is fair-skinned. Um, and then Ashley's mixed. And then Katie, who used to be on the show, was also mixed. But the other ladies are just light-skinned black women. And so because they are full black women, uh, they have two black parents, they are offended, obviously, for um, not obviously, but they are offended when in this conversation about colorism and excuse that I said obviously because it shouldn't be obvious and so back to my point the reason I feel the need to contribute to this conversation is because of how these light-skinned women on the cast of this television show are gaslighting Candace <laughs> they are gaslighting the fuck out of Candace and it pisses me off as a light-skinned person because I'm like why can't you just say you have a privilege I don't think anybody on the cast believed Giselle in what she was saying, besides maybe Ashley. But people in the world, you're on a television show that millions of people watch. Somebody is going to see that and believe it. Chris said that he's had to answer to his family. He's lost clients. He's had to answer to his friend. I mean, he's had to answer to people about this because accusing someone of intimidating a woman is a serious accusation, obviously. And because Giselle's accusation literally had no merit, literally had no merit because all he was doing was talking to her and then she gaslights I, and I understand Chris is a white man but the way Candace is gaslit on this show is insane and I think this example is a perfect example this is not the first time she's been gaslit but the way that they treat her like she's the aggressor because she gets upset and makes an inflammatory comment and like I said when she makes us when she shoots it it lands she always lands 
she always lands. Her words always land. And so when she's going to come for you, she's going to, she's not going to miss. That's, and so, oh God, they discredit her points because she's come for the, I don't know. It just really bothers me how Candace is treated. I love her and I understand what she's saying. And I hope she realizes that a lot of people in the world, that a lot of people in the audience, a lot of people watching understand her perspective. Because I think it's important for privilege. White privilege is not the only kind of privilege that exists, folks. And I, I'm going to speak about this. I am a black and white person. I'm mixed. My dad's black. My mom's white. I am mixed race. I identify as a black person. I say that I'm black, but I am obviously a light-skinned black person. I'm also a mixed race black person. I'm a mixed race person, period. There is privilege in that. My proximity to whiteness, to use the words that Candace did, affords me a certain privilege that maybe I could say something that one of my, uh, another black guy or non-binary person who kind of looks like me could say the same thing and we would be treated differently for it because of our proximity to whiteness. That's the reality of the situation. I have to admit that because that's the fact of the matter and to be a good ally to my darker skinned black brothers and sisters and to be a good black person period and to honor black people as a whole I have to admit that I that doesn't make me any less black I am a black person but I am a black person that is afforded a privilege due to my proximity to whiteness period 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 it's a fact. And I think for these ladies to sit on the show and gaslight Candace, like that is not the fact of the matter. They are black people, but admitting that their lighter skinnedness affords them a privilege doesn't make you less black. It's just the truth, you know? Just like I am technically trans due to the fact that I identify as non binary. But I am not going to act like I'm out here in the street being slain like my trans sisters, specifically BIPOC trans sisters, who are dying at disproportional rates every year. I have to use my privilege as a trans, quote unquote, trans person that is, you know, masculine presenting or masculine looking or, you know, um, just less... uh, I am afforded the privilege by not suffering from uh, some sort of like body dysphoria or gender dysphoria, but by presenting like quote unquote masculine a lot of the time. And a lot of trans people aren't afforded that luxury. But nowadays, cross-dressing, quote unquote cross-dressing is being illegalized and being called out in legislation. So I am afforded a privilege by being a quote unquote trans person who looks like me. It's a privilege. To be a just a quote unquote gay man or a gay non-binary person, you know, rather than a trans woman, there is privilege in that, even though I am non-binary. And so I'm just trying to make a point that there's privilege in a lot of things. I'm not a woman. There is so much privilege in the fact that I, again, look like a man. I don't identify as a man, but it doesn't change the fact that I stand six foot two and, you know, <laughs> look like a man for the most part on most days. And so there's privilege And that you have to recognize your privilege. And so that's why I'm so confused by white people who get so offended when people say they have white privilege. I'm like, I can recognize that as a gay person, I am oppressed, but I am also not the most oppressed. 
or as a black person, I am oppressed, but I am also not, you know, the black person that is going to suffer the most, you know, like that's, uh, I made the episode about my scary encounter with the police last week. I have to be honest, my quote unquote, Candace's words, proximity to whiteness probably afforded me, not probably, definitely afforded me a privilege in those two situations, those two encounters I have with the police. I guarantee it. Going into court, looking the way that I look, my proximity to whiteness might have helped me there. You never know who the people you're dealing with are and how they react to the people that they're dealing with. If I had walked in there looking differently, they might have treated me differently. I don't understand why we as a people can't recognize there's privilege in this. And I know a lot of people have no trouble recognizing their privilege, but I'm like, if I can recognize the privileges that I possess as a black queer person, that there's still privilege in me and my experience due to the the spectrum of blackness and the spectrum of queerness and the spectrum of manliness due to those things and where I, you know, where the, um, where the pendulum falls, you know, where the needle stops. For me, I, I am afforded certain privileges. It's just not a, for example, public bathrooms in regards to my gender. I am a trans person, but I will never struggle to go in a men's restroom. Um, And while I might feel uncomfortable occasionally due to some of the men in the restroom, them looking at me doesn't seem out of place on most days. You know what I mean? If I'm just wearing jeans and a t-shirt, you have no idea that I use, you know, they, them pronouns or I identify as something other than man or female and I fall on a spectrum, you know, those people aren't going to buy that, but I'm also not going to have the time to tell them about it because I'm just going to go in and piss and get out. And that's not going to hurt me. Some people, I'm not afraid to go in the bathroom because people don't mess with me, my height, my stature, the way I look, I'm, I'm just not ordinarily messed with at this stage in my life. A lot of people are not afforded that privilege. Some, sometimes uh, going to a public restroom is the worst case scenario for a lot of people. It's a nightmare to a lot of trans people, a nightmare. And now it's being attacked in legislation. Uh, anti-trans and anti-drag bill, an anti-trans and anti-drag bill has passed in Tennessee. An anti-drag and anti-trans bill has passed in Mississippi. They're working on one in Arkansas. These people are not playing. They're coming for queer people. They're coming for women. And I, as the kind of queer black person that I am, have to come on this podcast and use the privilege and call it out and speak up and call it out. I don't see anybody talking about all this anti-trans legislation being passed right now. I don't see it. And so I know we started this conversation about colorism, but if you don't recognize that all of these issues go hand in hand and that hate is one in the same, you're in the wrong place, baby. Or you need to back it up and listen again. Because racism and homophobia and transphobia, they're attacking all of us in this legislation. They're attacking everybody in this legislation. They're coming for black folk. I mean, you voter suppression, hello? You act like they haven't already come for us in recent time just because they can't whip us on TV anymore. Excuse my, you know, trigger warning. Excuse my language. But I'm like, just because it's not overt racism anymore, it doesn't mean they're not coming for us. These, the GOP right now, I'm sorry to make it political, but the GOP right now is tripping. I'm not going to go super far into it, but get on their website, read their platform. They don't like gay people. If you like me and you're a Republican, you don't like me. 
The Republican Party at this point, it's not about politics anymore. They have brought identities and people, real people. You cannot erase people from society. You cannot disappear people out of existence. That's not how it works. But they're coming for people in their legislation. They don't care about the kids that are being slain by guns, but they're going to force women to have babies and they're going to allow queer people to get shot and killed. <laughs> they don't care about us. They're trying to act like drag queens reading books to children is worse than school shooters. It's just backwards. I know you all saw that viral John Stewart video. It's like, I, mean, I don't mean to get on here and preach, but sometimes you have to, because what the fuck is going on? I just feel like the world is crumbling. <laughs> and I feel like um, we've, we've gotten so far with queer liberation, now the pendulum's swinging back a little bit. I mean, it's been swinging back since the Trump administration. But the, it, it, it's, it all goes hand in hand. When Trump got elected, queer people were now in, as emboldened as ever to exist and exist loudly because we had just gotten the right to get married a year before a year before Trump got elected. You know what I mean? A year before, guys. And so the pendulum had just swung far enough to allow queer people to get married, and then Donald Trump gets elected. I mean, immediately started swinging back, and now we're really far over in hell. And it's going to have to swing, swing back the other way at some point. Um, but I'm like, the, the, the conservative majority Supreme Court, who very obviously is not interested in women or queer people or trans people, it's insane. And the way the southern states are attacked, it's just, oh my god, it's so disappointing. And it's like you want to just like live your life and smile and ignore it. But also, that's a privilege. If you have the privilege to ignore the news right now, or if you, are, if you have the ability to ignore the news right now, you are privileged. To ignore, the, it's, it's a privilege to not have to know what's going on. And not have to know whose rights are being attacked in this country because they're probably not going to come for you. It's a privilege. And so I hope somebody's ears have been opened by this conversation. Um, I'm just really upset and frustrated by how my people are being treated. And so I know this conversation started about colorism and Candace Dillard Bassett, the queen. But you know how I am. This podcast is 90% tangents. And you never know where we're going to end up. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, just like vote. If you're over the age of 18, make sure you're registered to vote. Um, if you're away from home, make sure you do what you got to do to get an absentee ballot. Vote in every election you possibly can. Um, you have to stick up people. You have to stick up for people. If you love me, if you love other queer people in, you, in your life, if you love drag queens, if you love watching drag race, do the work for the communities that you reap joy off of i'm not saying there's anything wrong with getting joy from these communities but if you're not also standing up for us queer people if you yourselves are not voting and standing up for yourself baby there's work to be done and the only power we really have to change anything in the government is to vote as obsolete as it seems and as unimportant as your vote can maybe sometimes feel baby go vote if you're over the age of 18 and you're not a felon or whatever other things that don't allow you, also felons should be able to vote. Maybe not like uber felons, but like, bitch, lots of things are felonies. So young Miami should be able to vote. She's the one who made me aware that felons couldn't vote. I didn't even know that. Um, Cause they don't be teaching important shit in school. Um, 
What was I going to talk about? Oh, so right before I started taping this podcast, this is a abrupt turn, but um, I got tickets to RuPaul's Drag Race Work the World uh, 23, 2023, this summer. It's uh, on June 30th. And the reason I want to bring this up is because the reason I started this podcast last summer in the summer of 2022 was because my mom and I went to work the world and I wanted to talk about it. And so I started a podcast to talk about it. And that was the first episode of Koblizzi. Um, Back then it was called the Koblizzi show, but I changed. Excuse me. I changed that pretty fast um, because too many words. The Koblizzi show, Koblizzi, short and sweet, baby. Anyway. So, yeah, I'll be seeing Work the World again this summer. It's like me and my mom. It's full circle moment. We went last year, then I started this podcast. Now we're going again, and I'll talk about it on the podcast again, and we'll just keep going. Um, this was a pretty loaded episode. So, colorism, don't be a color. Also, let's actually, something very quickly on the colorism conversation before we go. Reverse colorism. I think a lot of us are aware and can acknowledge reverse racism doesn't exist. If you're not aware of this, or you don't know what reverse racism is, p- peek your ears to this conversation. Listen. So, white people can re- be racist towards black people. Black people cannot be racist towards white people. That's not to say black people can't hate white people. A black person can hold prejudice in their heart for a white person. They can even hold contempt. It's still not racism. Here's why. Racism is that prejudice plus the power to oppress black people can never and have never historically oppressed white people so especially at least in this country (laughs) at least in america it's never happened and so and it's not we're not racist we're not reverse racist it's just prejudice we can't be racist towards white people so that's to say that a gay person hating a straight person, I mean, you, I guess straight phobia might actually be a thing, but reverse homophobia or like hating straight people isn't really like that big of a deal because what can, what power does a gay person hold over a straight person in any situation quickly? Like not a one, the same way hating men it's like okay straight men love to be like oh well it's so hard to be a straight man nowadays okay people the fact that people talk about hating you and people make tiktoks about hating you you still get paid more than women you know what i mean like you still get paid more than women if this is still a patriarchy just because people have come out against you and people have the voices to speak up against you doesn't mean we don't live in a patriarchy so hush men aren't oppressed you're not oppressed at least for being a man that's not an oppressive tactic and so reverse sexism, is that a thing? Um, I don't think so. Maybe you can hold some contempt for a man, but you don't have any power to oppress a man. So with all that to say that I wouldn't say reverse homophobia exists or obviously reverse racism doesn't exist. I wouldn't say reverse sexism exists. Reverse colorism, baby, I don't think that exists either. Dark-skinned people can make fun of lighter skin. I've definitely been felt... I've definitely felt like people made me feel less black, quote unquote, for being mixed. That's not colorism. Because they don't have, darker skinned people don't, are at the disadvantage. Colorism is something that dark skinned people are the victim of. And so lighter skinned people, because of the Candace's words, quote unquote, proximity to whiteness, 
Light-skinned people proximity, light-skinned people's proximity to whiteness is what gives them the power to be colorist because you, you have the power to silence a dark-skinned person or gaslight a dark-skinned person because of your proximity to whiteness. And so for a dark-skinned person to be quote-unquote colorist isn't really possible, is it? Because what power do dark-skinned people hold over lighter or fairer-skinned people? None. So I wouldn't say reverse colorism exists either. So when Ashley and Giselle and Wendy even were trying to cry that Candace was being a colorist, for, or she was, what she said to Giselle was colorist about her being white-looking, no. She can hold contempt in her heart for Giselle if she wants, even contempt in her heart for being a light-skinned person. I'm not saying Candace does, but I'm saying that is prejudice, sure, which Candace isn't. I'm not saying she is. I'm just saying she could even be prejudiced. It's still not colorism because she doesn't hold any power over Giselle in terms, if we're talking about the conversation of skin color, because darker-skinned people are the victims of colorism. Just needed to add that in. So um, I hope this makes sense. Um, and like I said, I'm not trying to be the mouthpiece uh, for the colorism conversation. Obviously, I am not the person to do that. I just wanted to give my two cents um, because I felt like Candace was really being gaslit. And I thought the other ladies were being, and I love Potomac, but I thought those ladies were be- being really unfair. Even Wendy, because I understand that Wendy was probably trying to give Candace a moment to reiterate what she was saying with words that were less inflammatory. I know you maybe not don't know if I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, if you didn't watch the show, but like after Candace said that Giselle was white looking, Wendy interrupted her and was like, Hey Candace, basically in a very nice way, think about what you just said. And Candace was like, I know what I said. And I understand that Wendy maybe was trying to give Candace an opportunity to repeat what she reiterate her message in a way that was less inflammatory, but they weren't going to listen to her anyway. Giselle, Ashley, they don't have any interest in listening to her because they are, well, I'm not going to say that, but yeah, it just bothers me. I love you, Candace Dillard Bassett. Um, you're a baddie. I love you too, Wendy. Um, and I do love the Real Housewives of Potomac. I love Karen, um, the Grand Dame. And I loved how she was trying to amplify Candace's voice in the colorism conversation a couple of reunion episodes ago. I don't remember exactly what she said or exactly what episode she was, but I do remember that she did it. So I just wanted to call that out. Candace is a lighter skinned woman. I mean, not Candace. Uh, Karen's a lighter skinned woman. And Giselle was trying to be like, oh, I don't understand. So Karen was trying to say, you have to apply some context to it. Anyway, folks, um, this is not a reality TV analysis, but um, don't be an asshole and recognize your privilege um, because there's privilege in almost everything. Um, if, if you were able-bodied, that's a privilege. Um, and so if you don't have any other privileges, there's that one. There is some privilege in everything. We all have to accept that fact, especially light-skinned black folks. Babe, you're still black. It's a privilege. Um, mixed folks, your proximity to whiteness, it's a privilege. Um, yeah, so I just want to let you know that I'm not a dumbass. Um, and I thought I felt that maybe after making the, the episode about talking about the police, I should talk about colorism and how I'm not really the true victim of it. Um, and how my police encounters could have been a lot worse because that I think maybe was something that was missing from the last episode and then I watched this episode this week's episode of the Real Housewives of Potomac and I was like well damn now I have an anecdote to go with it so here we are um but anyway I hope you enjoyed this episode I hope you learned something um if you have something that I can learn if I misspoke or if there's something you wish I would have said please reach out to me on 
social media, uh, at Koblizzi on Instagram and TikTok. You can email me. Um, I have a business email that's Kobe at KobeWarner.com. If you want to email me, um, let me know something. Um, or if you're one of my friends, text me, babe. Call me. FaceTime me. Um, I'm always willing to learn. And like I said, I'm not the mouthpiece for the conversation about colorism. So if there's anything that I missed, let me know. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll see you uh, next time. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Bye-bye. <sighs> Always forget to blow a kiss. <laughs>